0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, so we're going to go in three, two, one. Lions Lounge Lockdown, episode 64. Sean Dyche.
1: Daishi, thanks for joining us, mate. No problem. How are you going? Good. Can I call you Daishi? You help yourself, mate. Call me what you want. <laughs> a lot worse than that, trust me.
0: <laughs> so, obviously, a Millwall player back in the day. Um, uh, very well known. Nothing against you. You had a good career, but very well known for your time management as well. But we're going to wind it right back to Millwall mm-hmm. Podcast. But we're going to start. I've got to ask you, because we started at Nottingham Forest, and that was under Brian
1: Clough, wasn't it? He was the first team manager at the time. Yeah, I mean, I was a young pro. um, Quite well thought of in them days, actually. Broke my leg at 17, so that gave me a bit of a knock. Uh, Me and the lad who's still a very good friend of mine and worked with me at Burnley, uh, Steve Stone, uh, we broke our legs within about four days of each other. But we both recovered and uh, he went on and did fantastic. Obviously, he played in the first team and went on to play for him and I had to take a step back and, you know, ended up having three years at Forest as an apprentice, as a young pro, and then went off to Chesterfield and sort of had to dig in for a number of seasons, you know, before getting a sort of break to move higher.
0: Yeah, Steve Stone, it was a great player. I remember once, it just popped into my head. He was playing, I think, for Aston Villa, and someone passed the ball to him on the touchline. He just literally fell backwards on his arse, and no one near him. He'd done his knee bad, I think, or something bad again.
1: Yeah, that was at um, Forest at the city ground. Yeah, he, he ruptured his patella tenon out of nowhere. It's the oddest, um, you know, them really odd things. Um, literally just fell backwards and popped it, so... Yeah, real uh, a real challenge for him. But, I mean, he, he's done an amazing career. The number of uh, really, really harsh injuries he had and come through them mm. and had the career he had, played for England and, you know, moved for big money and stuff like that, fantastic. But, to be honest, I thought this was about me, not about him. So, why don't you leave Tony out, fuck him off, and just talk about me. it be much more enjoyable.
0: <laughs> well, so we'll talk about you, and we talk about your seven years at Chesterfield because I wasn't going to mention it, but you did. And then, obviously, I remember that as a teenager the uh, the cut run, we take like a penalty early. A clip on YouTube in the semi
1: final against Middlesbrough, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I didn't want that penalty. I didn't. I didn't ever want to take a penalty. Just that too, really. So uh, yeah, I'm pleased it went in. Trust me. Um, <laughs> but no, we we had a great time. Unfortunately, we we recently just uh, buried the the late John Duncan and his assistant. We buried a few years ago, Kevin Randall. So you know, real shame because them them two were a big influence on me and many others. But certainly, um, John Duncan was, and you know, the team that we had and kind of making something out of not really that much. You know, a group of, you know, OK players um, suddenly formed a real strong unit and uh, went on to do relatively great things for a club of that size. So, yeah, real, really uh, important part of my career and my makeup going forwards and, you know, playing under uh, coaching and managing.
0: Yeah, so you really made your name there, seven years there. I think one year at Bristol City and then in 1999 you
1: found your way to um, Millwall Football Club. How did that come about? Yeah, I had a couple of years at Bristol City. I went down there under under a pretty big move, actually, a few quit at the time and just got injured straight away. And it's funny how, you know, the reason I mentioned it, it's funny how different fan bases take you differently because when I went there and got injured, they were kind of like, you know, sick-noting me off and that. Whereas the Millwall fans seemed to sort of accept, even though I got injured the first year there, if you remember, they seemed to just go, well, okay, let's give them a chance. And when I got in the side at Millwall, it was a completely different feeling. It was like the fans sort of wanted you there and wanted you to do well. So... You know, there lies the complexities of a, of a fan base. You know, sometimes they take to you without any particular reason. Sometimes they don't. Um, but I learned a lot of Bristol City. And then I went on loan uh, to Luton for a few months. And then uh, it was Bob Pearson got me out of there and, you know, wanted me to come to Millwall. And to be honest, it was a, a fantastic part of my uh, my sort of uh, career being at Millwall. You know, it seemed to fit for me, fit with the fans, fit with the players. I was around um, life-wise, you know, where we were living and, and totally enjoyed every bit of it.
0: You mentioned Bob Pearson. <laughs> it's such a shame. Obviously, he recently died. The yeah. club paid a good tribute to him. And, and I used to call him the Highlander in his interviews because we've done like over sixty. And no matter what player or interview from whichever era, Bob Pearson, Bob Pearson, Bob Pearson
1: got me to the club. He just
0: made played a massive part in, in the club's history.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's uh you know he he was, he was well thought of at that time. Anyway, around the you know the thoughts of getting players from varying situations and, and not always you know. Um, big names or anything, really. You know, a lot of young players came through, obviously, in the group that I'm sure we'll talk about um, that I played in. And,
0: mm-hmm. you know, I
1: think he had an eye for needing, he knew that that, that young group needed a few older heads around. And, and he also knew I'd had a bit of a tough time at um, Bristol City, um, playing wise, and got a bit of stick and all that. But he knew that I'd come through it at Luton. So I think he thought, you know, he'd do for us. And, you know, I'm pleased to say, well, hopefully it did work out. It did certainly, from my point of view, it did. Um, mm-hmm. I, I totally enjoyed my time.
0: And obviously, at the time, Keith Stevens and Anna McCleary were the managers. Two players that played in your position was that an influence on you going to the club as well? They're, you know, they're sort of similar types of characters and players to you were.
1: No, to be honest, I, I didn't. I never really looked at my my, my uh, career like that. You know, at the, at the time, things had gone really, really poorly for me at Bristol City. You know, fitness and injury and um, lack of form and all that kind of business, and didn't really quite fit there. And then having gone to Luton for a few months. And they they, they had a few tough times there because that was when they went into administration. Um, but I enjoyed that young group there. And then when I got the chance to come to Millwall, I was just like, well, you know, I needed a fresh start. I knew that. Um, I liked the idea of it. I liked, you know, I knew not all the players, but I knew of some of the players, especially the young players. And There was a, there was a good buzz around it at that time. And I, and I think all of them things fell into place. And, you know, contractually and all them things, they all worked mm. pretty pretty low fee at the time because I'd gone into Bristol City for kind of 354, I think. I think Mill paid maybe 100 grand, 150 maybe, or something like that. So even that was, a you know, it was all pushed aside. It was almost like I was a bit under the radar uh, for that time. Um, so it gave me a fresh start. And, and like I said, I mean, you know, from then on in, I totally, well, part, I got injured the first year, which is a massive blow because obviously I, well, the lads would tell you I was, I was fit. I always looked after myself in that pre-season particularly. Because I got a move, I thought, right, I'm going to be on this. And I was really, really fit that summer. Um, so to get injured and then be out for months again was just a real massive blow to me.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Joined in <laughs> after 99.
1: Yeah, summer of 99. Tony Moore said you joined pretty much same time as him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, within, I can't remember, but it might be even within days, certainly within a week or so. And then obviously you get this fresh start. You're
0: not, you Was know, you slightly older at this point? You had seven years at Chesterfield. What age was
1: you? Yeah, so I think I was I was 29. Um, because I got in, yeah, it must have been, yeah. Um I'd gone in there as a you know, pretty, a pretty sort of, I suppose, rounded kind of journeyman footballer, um, with a with a young group, like we said, and you know, needed that. They they probably needed that bit of experience, and I needed that fresh start and and that sort of energy around me. So it was a good mix to be honest. And there's a few other older heads as well, of course, Nevers and and uh, people like that, and Tuts came in a little bit later, and Tone, Tone had done a bit. I mean, he was making his name playing wise, but he'd been around a big group at Liverpool and a few loan yeah. spells, and you know, so there was a little bit of that knocking on. Obviously, a bit later, Steve Claridge and people like that came in, but that initial season, um, you know, there was only a few of us who who kind of been out there and and played a, a pretty foolish kind of career to that point. Um, so I think I think you know, looking back, I, I could totally see. Well, even then, I could see why once I got in the camp. I realised how many talented young players there were. I thought, well, yeah, I totally get it now. You know, they need they need a few older heads around just to sort of hold it all together a little bit, you know, with, with a bit mm-hmm. of experience.
0: You only played once in that first season. You said, I looked. I checked it earlier in for you.
1: Must have got injured straight away. How did no, you get injured? I was, what was it? Oh, was you, mate. I did my back again. So I'd done my back at, um, when I was a young kid at, at Chesterfield many years before. And then I did my back at Bristol City. That cost me. And it was fine. And then I come back super fit. Um had a season fit and then come back really fit to Millwall or when I got a move there. And it went again. And then I got through that. And lo and behold, the, after that first game at Luton, which we won, I think me and Tuts played, you know, I think I think we kept a clean sheet. I think it was a 1-0. 2-0. We won. Beat, beat Luton. Yeah. And then the following week in training, just literally doing some heading drills and went up and kind of flexed to edit. And it went again. And I just, honestly, I was devoured. I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, no. So I'd literally got myself fit, played one game. And it went again. So, And then it was just dig-in time, you know, because you think, well, where's this going? You know, I'd had a season's injury at Bristol. It had gone really badly for me. Season, well, more or less a season apart from the one game at the Millwall. And then come back the next pre-season almost thinking, well, I don't know which way is this going to go. But I, I, I got myself really fit again. Um, they, they gave me a bit more time at the end of that season and during pre-season to make sure I was, like, really fit. My back was really strong, which was helpful looking back. So when I did get my chance to come into the team, I was I was fit and ready and raring. And, and you know, it kind of, it started to fall into place for me. Mm. People think that,
0: you know, the life of a footballer is jolly up, they only train so many hours a day, brilliant money, which is, there is pros. But obviously, like you say, moving to London, you know, around a good group that were doing well, it must have been so
1: frustrating. So did you feel part of it still though? Because obviously we know he's a very tight-knit group. No, the lads were great. I mean, you know, <clears throat> excuse me probably still the biggest group of people I still keep in touch with through football at the, the mill lads. And I think there was such a healthy respect. Um, you know, the, one of the secrets of being a real team, you don't have to like everyone. You don't have to be best mates over, but you have to respect them. And, and I think there was a massively high level of respect amongst the group there. As it happens, we, we did more or less all get on anyway. Um, mm. But what I mean is underlying whether you got on your best mates or not, there was a real healthy respect about each other's roles and how we stayed together as a, as a group. And, and I think that was a part of the, the obvious talent that was there. I think that was a real powerful weapon for us staying together as a group. And, you know, even the lads, me being injured, <coughs> excuse me, a couple of others who had injuries up and down the time when I was in the treatment room and, you know, come in and have a bit of fun um, with us and, and try and keep yourself going and keep yourself motivated to get fit and get back out there.
0: Yeah. Tony said to me, there's, there's a WhatsApp group and he's never, never kept in touch so much or being like, you know, you'll still keep in touch now 20 years later. So, yeah. shows how strong
1: that bomb was. Yeah, I saw it when I got the sack. I, I popped down and saw a few of the lads in London. A few couldn't make it, but we got seven or eight of us together and um, just caught up, really, you know, because it's difficult, you know, and I've been working and they've been working and varying people doing varying roles, um, you know, not just in football and other jobs and other walks of life, and it's difficult to get them together. So the WhatsApp group is an easy way of just checking in with each other and, you know, checking in that people are okay and stuff. So, yeah, real, real, real good group, real good group.
0: That first season, obviously, he wasn't involved, but I missed out on the uh, playoffs a week and away. Yep. And then uh, the second season, 2000, 2001, of course, was the season, which will always be remembered in Mill history. You played 35 times that season. Who did you pretty yes. much partner Was you Was you majorly partnered? with? Obviously, you had Joe Dolan there, Nevers, Tuttle. Yeah, I
1: think it would have been overall Nevers, but Joe Dolan, I think one of my first games, might have even been my first, can't remember, but I played with Joe and and obviously, I played in the one when he, he sadly got injured because he looked like he was going to be a real player, Joe. I mean, mm. you know, between him and Sads, I thought we had two real talented lads there. But unfortunately, you know, ended up, you know, eventually Joe with his varying injuries, which was, you know, just hideous bad luck. There's no two ways about it. And Sads with his hip and stuff. So, yeah, I think it was us. And then um, he got injured, unfortunately. And then uh, me and Nevers after that. I can't remember how I got in. Cause like I say, it was 35 games. I can't remember whether someone... I started the season... Like fit, if you know what I mean, but not properly fit, not as in match fit. They gave me a bit more time because of what happened before my back. And I can't remember Nevers might have got injured or something, um, which is why I went in, or Joe went in, whichever way you look at it. And then kind of stayed in, Joe got injured, and then um, me and Nevers more or less took the rest of the season on.
0: They've both been on the show, two very different types of characters. Let's talk about Joe first. What was he like?
1: Joe's a great lad. I mean, you know, a younger lad... um, you know, he, 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 was, he was a good pro. He was, he was authentic in what he did. Um, good enough athlete, good enough to play, you know, t- tough minded uh, on the pitch. Big, obviously, physically big, um, and a real honesty to him. But I've got to be honest, like I said about all of the, the players there at that time, you know, there was always an honesty and, a, and like an authenticity. And then Nevers, obviously, a bit more experienced, not as big physically, but read the game well and, and used his knowledge of the game well. Um, you know, we, we ended up playing mo- the most I played uh, there with a, with a partner was Nevers. And, you know, another one who, I think Mill's been really good actually, having I mean, sort of underrated players, you know, and I always thought Nevers was a very, very good uh, centre-half and uh, amongst many others, Robbie Ryan and people like and Livers, you know, some of the unsung names who, who did a great job and I think, that collective mentality um, always kind of let them players shine. And I know they're respected at Millwall, not necessarily respected around the game and big names around the game, but very well respected within the group and and by a lot of the fans there, you know, some of the ones who weren't the obvious names like your Timmies and all them. Um, And I think Joe was one of them who was coming through in that vein. And unfortunately his injuries uh, injuries cost him. And and then Nevers, you know, like I say, I played the majority of my football with Nevers um, and yet, and yet bizarrely making my debut with, with Chutz. So, you know, it's one of them twists of fate with center halves. So if you get injured or suspended or the team are doing well or not doing well, um, it can keep you in the team or, or get you out of it, whichever way you're looking at.
0: Yeah, Nevers as well have heard a lot about his pre-match rituals in the dressing room, his animal noises and he's making himself sick.
1: Yeah, well, it takes all sorts. Um, <laughs> you know, that wasn't quite my bag, but... Um, and to be fair, the, the lads know that I used to uh, have a few little things, quirks, uh, myself. So I'm not going to start uh, questioning Neves' quirks. But oh. it's fair to say it was uh, it was interesting uh, when you first play and you're thinking, what is he doing? Um, but it was his way of prepping. You know, and players have many different weird and wonderful ways. The idea is whatever floats your boat, whatever you need to do, you've got to be ready when the whistle blows. And to be fair, he, he very rarely let the club down. And, and I thought the season... Uh, Going to the, the playoffs for the championship to possibly get in the Premier League, I thought he was outstanding. The last, the last handful of games particular, mm. I thought he was there. I, I unfortunately twisted my ribs and, and popped a bit of cartilage out my ribs, so I missed the, the, the remaining probably four or five of the season that was just fit for the playoffs, but Nevis was outstanding at that time. I know that.
0: Mm. Talked a lot about centre-ars <laughs> the managers were centre-ars. What are they like as managers? As fans, I mean, not personally, I always got the feeling. They was joint managers, but got the feeling that Rhino was the manager and Mackle was the assistant. and they work well together?
1: Just different types, different types of people, um, different types of characters, different types of coaching, management, different influences down their careers. Um, Well, they had a pretty good blend to be fair, um, but obviously I didn't, you know, it's hard for me to comment because I didn't play under them that much because yeah, obviously injury and stuff like that. Got on with them well, you know, fine and, and stuff like that, but just didn't hardly play, unfortunately. So, it was it was after that really when Mark McGee came in when when I kind of I I started coming to the floor a little bit more and playing because I was fit and, and well and all that. So yeah, so I know both of them in different ways are, are all legends in their own right and they, they formed a, a, a sort of a connection to take on the team. Um so nearly got it done and then the next season, you know, you could argue it was a little bit hard at the time on them because they weren't doing that bad. You know, I remember I was at the game actually, I think it was away at Brentford. Yeah, um, it was, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the fans really, really come on them a little bit there. And, and then it was pretty quick after that. It might have been, was it the next week? It might be the next week when they got It was that got...
0: Years after that game, they, they got sacked. Right. I, think we were, I think we were seventh in the division. But yeah, I, well, think... I mean, you all think it was harsh, but also shows at the same time the ambition of of the chairman.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, at, at the time I was obviously playing, I wasn't as involved in behind the scenes. Um, but Theo and Bob had obviously thought it was the right time to change. and Mark McGee was around a, a at that time. And it's fair to say, you know, what are you going to say? It was a good decision because at the end of the day, it worked. was <laughs> the
0: job done? What was he like, McGee, as a manager?
1: Yeah, I got on well with him. Yeah. Um, I've not really got on too badly with any of my managers. I don't really have too many gripes about any of them. He was, he was decent in what he did. He was a decent coach as well. He had the late Ray Arford, who was a very good coach. Steve Gritt, very underrated coach, in my opinion, Steve Gritt. Um, You know, good connection with the staff. Um, And with the players, actually, he had a good connection with the players as well. So, you know, credit for him to kind of almost uh, one of his, I thought one of his best, you know, looking back now that I've managed myself, I think one of his best things when I look back was he didn't try and, I think he realised that, that, uh, you know, it was a talented group of players. So rather than uh, kind of get too involved and try and twist and turn the tactics and sort of be clever with it, I think he let it roll a little bit when I look back and almost like, you know what, this is a good side, this. And kind of just buying in that new feeling, which sometimes comes, gives everyone a a breather when the manager goes, you know, everyone sort of, you know, has got something else to play for, a new manager comes in, and almost let it start evolving itself. And I think that's good management, because sometimes managers go in, and want to change everything straight away. And I think he just sat back and thought, hang on a minute, there's some real talent here. Um, And I remember once, after a bit of a while in, you know, I, I remember talking to him, and once I got to know him a bit better, obviously, and he actually said, he, he said, you know, I, I looked at the job and I thought, wow, you know, what a job this is with these talented young players here. And so he said, I didn't think I had to go in and start ripping it up and starting again. I kind of just let it evolve a little bit and, yeah. you know, put his own stamp on it slowly. But surely, like I managed to do, but certainly not rip it up and start again. Tony
0: said to me a good thing that he did do was as well, is that he would he would get a block of games and he would say, we need that many points from those games. So don't, you know, if you lose one game, don't worry about it. As long as we pick up that amount of points within this time frame, then, we'll, then that's okay. And Tony so that would
1: take the pressure off quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, there's things like that. The other thing, you know, most managers will tell you, you know, you, well, particularly not so easy in the Premier League, obviously, but if you're talking two points a game, if you, if you can average two points a game over the team, you're probably going to get promoted. So I think, we, you know, in the back of the minds, we're always working on that kind of ratio. You know, you lose one, can you win the next? Or can you pick up the next number of points to get you around that two points a game mark? And, yeah. and I think if you look down the Annabelle's history, it's pretty... It's pretty, uh, you know, pretty safe bet that if you're getting a couple of points a game on average, obviously you understand the train of thought. I know that's not two points a game, but you get what I mean. As you accumulate, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to be pretty close. And and we sort of kept to that curve for a long period. And if there was a blip, it'd remind us, you know, we're still on track. And and you know, a couple of draws or a couple of soft draws, or <clears throat> excuse me, a loss here and there. But he wouldn't really, you know, he wasn't sort of shouting from the rooftops. He wasn't um, overly questioning it because I think he knew that the the, the team were on something.
0: Mm. And my God, we wasn't to so something. Obviously, we get promoted and we was absolutely steamrolling it towards the end. There's a game I want to talk to you about because 5-1 away, Cambridge, Paul Eiffel gets a hat-trick. And I'm sure he told me a story involving you. And when I checked it today, at half-time, you'd actually gone off. Um,
1: Gone? I, I don't want to say it now. <laughs> did, you, no, you, to you have, did you have bad guts or something like that? You had to go off? <laughs> yeah, I've had a couple of them. Um <clears throat> There was one... It was when it might have been that game, it kept me out for like a week. It seemed to, you know, when I couldn't shake it, it came, I, I missed a game. And then during the week, so I was clear and it just all started again. And, you know, it's like, you're like, oh, not good this. And then the next game you got into it, you know, you've lost about six pounds in weight. And I was thinking that'd be good. Um, so, yeah, I might well have done, yeah. Can't remember as clearly as him, though. Strange yeah, he was I've
0: come up with a match, boy, he so said, you've been in this since half-time. But um, what a plan yeah, was. I was, I was
1: I, 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 yeah, I don't know what happened, but I was really ill, yeah. It wasn't great.
0: Yeah. How did you go on, my I Found a forward. I wanted to ask you what was going on.
1: Yeah, Where no good. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I. It I was more of a believe it or not. That's a show of passion, you know. Because I, <laughs> I, thought I loved all them young dudes. I thought they oh, were brilliant, mate. I really did. I mean, it was a marvel to watch them and train with them, and the attitude amongst them and the they had that they had that nice edge about them. They're sort of jostling for position as who's the top sort of boy, but they're but they're respectful within it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I used to love it, them, them lads. And I was on fire for spells and Timmy and Reedy. And, you know, another player who doesn't always get mentioned as much because he left not long after. But I thought Lucas Lucas Neal was a top player. And obviously, he showed that he was later on in his career. But, you know, you forget it was a real, real talented group. So, yeah, I used to love it when when they used to do the, the good things they did. And now and again, I used to get hold of them and tell them what they're doing wrong. Let's say. <laughs> I
0: was about to say, what was it like day to day at the training ground? It must have been, a, well, I know it was eventful. Uh, Christoph Kinney seems to be the uh, it, at the brunt of most of it, but what was it like? With it was, say, it was a big mixture of either very experienced or very young, wasn't it?
1: Well, there was a lot of good characters there, so I don't think just Christoph. You know, they all had their their little quirks and their little edges. I mean, Tone always had a, a good line. Reedy was quite dry, quite you know thoughtful, but then he'd come out with a, a good line here and there. Chopper was always lively. Yeah, you know, chip in my own kind of way, and Nevers himself, and you know, Ives in his own way, and. You know Matty Lawrence, the quirks of Matty Lawrence. Trust me, there's plenty of them. Um, yeah, so yeah. Like, <clears throat> yeah the, the Irish lads, Sads and Robbie, and Livers was the quietest one, but you know everyone respected him because of the job he. So there, there was just so many. I mean, I wouldn't, I honestly can't remember it just being Christoph being the main man. I think everyone chipped in. Timmy and Timmy and Christoph would always be lively if they had um, a couple of after-lager on a night. I, know, I seem to recall. They'd always be quite lively. No. Um, <laughs> It was a really, really good group, top group. And, and even Fitzy, I mean, I saw Fitzy the other day, actually, uh, um, uh, an academy manager's thing. You know, in Fitzy, it was great with me. I was kind of coming in almost like as a replacement, I think, but totally respectful of me. Never, ever mentioned it or anything against me. Almost like, no problem, this is football, you know, and got on with it. Um, you know, so even them guys in the early days. and You know, good good, good pros, proper people, in my opinion. Yeah, he's still at the club. You said Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right, you know. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, good coach. and jilks. He came in for a bit as well. You know, people like him, older pro, and been around a bit. So, you know, that was it was a healthy mix, I thought.
0: And then, of course, we win the league. What do you remember about that those times that day and the, the oh, events? Brilliant, eh?
1: Well, the weird the weird thing about it, and I know you'll know this, but we went to Wrexham and Wrexham were decent on the day. We couldn't mm. really get a grip of the game, but then typically if Timmy pop, pops up with a, a great header, and I think we drew that game. And. Um, mm and it I don't get wrong. it was it was we were worthy of, of getting promoted I mean that's for sure um but yeah that was a real tough game I remember that but some of the performances I mean you know I look back, there were so many good performances that season and you know important performances when you know it's tight I remember oh no it might have been I was getting mixed up with Reading but I can't remember if it was that season or the following season in the championship we went there and I mean, it ended up one of them close, weird finishes where it was like 4-2 or 4-3 or some mad game. But we, we were outstanding. We had, We steamrolled at them. I remember the last game of the season, winning five. I mean, really scored that unbelievable goal across yeah. the angle, hit the bar, hit the post, went in. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, that that side on time when it was really perfect. I remember, I think it was Colchester away. and We used to laugh about it. The pitch was absolutely horrendous um, in the promotion or the winning season. I'm sure I sat, t- I'm sure he, he literally was dribbling as he would and he literally chipped it over a puddle and ran round it. And we were all wetting ourselves. We were all wetting ourselves, laughing after the game. But we weren't there as well. So it was almost like like whatever challenge was right in front of that group, good pitch, bad pitch, you know, uh, good ground, rubbish ground, big game, small game. Everyone just got along with it. Everyone just got the job done, you know. And, yeah. and when I look back, it was a, it was a fantastic season and, and well worthy of us going on and uh, uh, winning it, I thought.
0: Yeah, mate, brilliant. <clears throat> so it wasn't even – I mean, Mill likes like to do things usually – you know, touch and go last minute or, you know, the middle the way. But there was absolutely no doubt that we absolutely steamrolled the league. I remember that final day was brilliant. So then we, we get back into the championship. Not really many additions. Um, one addition came in, Steve Claridge, and another, Darren Ward. Yeah. Two yeah, players I mean, at the complete opposite end of the professionalism spectrum.
1: Well, different characters, that's for sure. um yeah, I don't know. I think the Wardy, though, probably future-proofing and, and probably thought at some point he'd come through, which he did, of course. Maybe even looking at me and Nevers and and that, going, well, you know, not sure these boys are going to do it for us. Because um, a lot of my football until then had been in in Div, Div 1 and 2, as it is now. Yeah. Um, so maybe they were thinking, well, you know, we've got someone who can, who can come in, can push a bit more, maybe replace, of course. And to be fair to Mark McGee, <clears throat> when I look back, we had a bit of a tough start in the in the the very beginning. We well, we flew out the gates for the first one, then got well beat at Birmingham. I think it was the next week, although mm-hmm. Birmingham, very strong side, obviously, in the end. Um and I remember, you know, at that time it was a bit you know, even inside of myself, I thought, I wonder, you know, whether I'm gonna stay in here. You know, I've got to play well. And Marvigi was probably quite patient with us, to be fair, looking back. You know, he could have maybe changed myself, Nevers and, and people like that, but he didn't. Um, and Wardy had to wait his turn for a long time in the end because we went on and had a real strong season, as you know. And, and my performances were, were certainly good enough to keep me in the side and Nevers was playing well. Um, and like I say, I thought Nevers at the end of that season was outstanding for a, for a hand, well, more than a handful of games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Wardy, Wardy had to wait his turn. And then Tuts, I mean, you know, that's a funny one with his Palace thing and all that. But Tuts, funny player Tuts. whenever you put him in, you know, he got the job done. So, uh, yeah, I had a lot of respect for all the group. You know oh, very really? very fit yeah very fit player looked after himself and he had to wake his turn and and i can never i can never remember who had the heaviest head it might have been wardy i think it was wardy we used to weigh heads um i think wardy had the heaviest head so mine had a good go. obviously um brian lawry was there he he's, he's had a good go. that's where it started me and brian law we started weighing heads because we were used to weigh we used your, your heads, heads. Yeah, so we used to weigh heads, and then we used to decide people were cheating. So we used to dub their neck to make sure they let their head, go, their neck go loose, so their head would actually get on the scale. So you used to cheat and try and edge their head up. we used to go, "Oh, put your big blockhead on there, kid." And we, we managed to get we managed to get Wardy on it, and and I'm sure he won it because he had he did have an enormous head. I mean, he's a big guy anyway, but yeah,
0: well, a big had, money so, as well. I'm trying to work out the logistics of that. how would
1: you weigh a head? Did you did you lift the scales up or did you have to lay flat? No, we had to lay flat. You lay flat, put your head on the scales. But then we used to check your neck. Do you get what I mean? So you couldn't cheat the system. You couldn't hold it tight. You had to check it, so that it was all like loose, and your head just went on the scales. So <laughs> bit of fun, bit of fun for the lads.
0: Uh, brilliant. Yeah, what we'll, 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 he's been on, mate, and um, he said exactly what you said. He said I, he went. I, I was thought I was going to Mills was like a bit of a bigger name, like you know. He, he said he was in the Premier League, side, so got injured. He was going to come into the division and steamroller it, like, get a name for himself. He said I couldn't get in. Doshi, never and Nevers were superb. They kept me out. He didn't mention the headway, though.
1: Well, um, I'm sure he wouldn't. He, he's uh, he, he he was he was. In, I must say, he was incredibly professional because, it, like, you say, it's not easy coming for a quite well, a few quid at the time. I don't know, maybe like three hundred fifty, four hundred thousand, or whatever. Um, yeah. And yeah, and he had to, he had to sit tight, but he was always professional. Always got on with it. He was accept not accepting, but it, you know, accepted the point that we were playing well, the team was going well. And he ex- I suppose, looking back, he probably accepted there was going to be a bit of loyalty because we'd done well, me and Nevers, and we'd, we'd won the title and all that. And we were we were playing pretty well. So, yeah, a lot of respect goes for him as well because he really did have to wait a long time until, you know, it changed for him. But but, it, but the rest is history. He went on and did great. So, his professionalism paid him back.
0: And another player who's <laughs> say professionalism has definitely been questioned on, on this show through other players. But what a striker, Steve Claridge. Unbelievable player.
1: Yeah, different, a different end of the market than than most, you know, got all his quirks, got his stories, got his off the pitch stories, but scored goals, you know, found a way of scoring goals. And he'd done that all of his career, probably from his younger days. He'd learned a lot of them old tricks of, of strikers, you know, getting, you know, when he first started, you've got to remember he'd been getting, you know, he'd have been getting shooed about all over the place and he'd learned all them tricks and, you know, to, to elude people, elude centre-halves, you know, could get in the right place and he could score varying goals. And you know, with mm. Chop. I mean, Chop. Chop for me was tops. Um, you know, for for what he for what he achieved at Millwall. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Close is a very good player. There's no two ways about that. An effective player.
0: Yeah, very effective player. I couldn't believe how good he was when he came. He sort of Thought he was coming towards the end, and then just came in and give us a real chance, didn't he? But moving to um, another
1: striker. Well, for a couple of times, you three goals for the club. You remember him? Yeah, not exactly prolific, um, but. Yeah, I, I was just really nuisance Valley. I just to, to be honest with you, me and Neverson just used to try and clear the way for Timmy. Really, you know what I mean? Thinking they ain't going to bother with Timmy, and then he'd just pop up like he did, like Jack in the box, and just bang one in. And you thought, yeah, job done. Um, yeah, not not exactly prolific. I was never prolific throughout my career, to be fair. Um, so uh, yeah, good good in the defensive box, I would like to think, but not so good in the attacking box.
0: You say you score three goals for us. I looked through it today, and I found the, the, your first goal for the club. Do you remember it or not?
1: Yeah, Bradford away. On, you said, this
0: is uh, you on, I, I,
1: uh, well, I, I always tell the lads I over-kicked it in the top corner, but it's fair to say I'm, I'm considerably exaggerated. Um, sort of dropping down from a, I think they half cleared it from a corner or whatever, and I just kind of hooked it and and it, and it went in the corner. Um, I yeah. think it did go roughly in the top corner, but I can assure you, I just tried to get it anywhere. <laughs> the goal. i, I, I tried try to, um, i tried
0: to find it on YouTube. If you if you put it in YouTube, she'll die. obviously. A million and one other things come up before well, a real goal. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But um, it was the 90th minute you scored the goal. And it also, Robbie Blake scored for them in the 90th minute. So was it one or when you got the winner? Or uh,
1: Yeah, it might have been. God, I can't remember now. Yeah. But I remember I remember being buzzing, you know, just purely because it was my first goal for the club. And I scored against Birmingham, I think it was, at home. Yeah, can't remember the other one. I scored against Birmingham. The reason I, the reason I remember that is... No, no, it wasn't Birmingham. Mean, I scored on the Saturday ahead against Chef Wednesday, maybe. Yeah, you got it. Chef Wednesday and Birmingham. Yeah, yeah the, the Chef Wednesday was on a Saturday and the reason I, I remember it is because we had a group and well, they're still my mates, but one of our best mates died and uh, we buried him on the Friday and Mark McGee gave me the day. I popped into training quick and then he said, look, you shoot off because I have to get back to Northamptonshire. And... Um, I remember just that weird thing I remember looking into the sky. I'm not really religious, but I remember thinking, what a weird twist of fate. I've just buried one of my best mates and and I score the next day. So some weird, odd things that happens in life. No connection, of course, but it feels like there is. It feels like there's some kind of weird thing about the universe at that moment, you know, so I remember that. All
0: right. Fair enough. Another weird thing. I don't know if you all know anything about this. I'm going to put a picture on screen just quickly. Mix Uh, and match. Yeah, what's happened there? Do you know? Uh, we have got, got the white shirt, obviously, and the blue shorts and blue socks. I can't remember what that was. Like. Where was that at? I don't know. I just thought I just searched your name earlier, obviously, for like f- pictures to go up during yeah, the actual edit. No. And I was like, hang on a minute, what's happened here? You've got the white shirt on and the blue shorts, blue socks. I thought the kit man might have forgot the kit or something like that.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's happened there. There must be obviously a reason. I presume. <clears throat> excuse me. I presume the ref has kicked up a fuss or whatever, because that would be the case normally. But we're yeah, in the clash. So might be, finished... It might have, been a, might have been a reserve game, to be fair, might it? Might have been oh, me coming back from
0: injury or something like that, I don't know. Right, may will have been. May will have been. We finished fourth in the division. Man City win the league. <laughs> Different Man City's you're probably used to back then, but...
1: No, they were a good side, though. I remember yeah, that. Were, they were really... good, yeah,
0: they were good, yeah. They were good. Huckabee and they were coming back up through the league. Oh, like Huckabee,
1: Huckabee was frightening, that's how. I, I remember we played it, up there and I think they beat us, but God, he, he was he was getting the ball and running like 50 yards with it and... Um, I think Pearcy was in that side as well. I think, I think Horlock was there as well. Matt um, Kennedy, yeah, Kennedy. good, good side. I mean, you, you know, at the time they they're just another team, and you're trying to beat them, and you're trying to get on. But you look back at a, a massive depth of of um, knowledge in the you know football and, and quality. I think was it not Sean Wright Phillips was up front? Who sorry, Mike Phillips, Sean,
0: Sean, Sean Wright Phillips wasn't it? Sean sure, sorry, yeah, he was invited. I'm yeah. I think I'm pretty sure we played them at our round. We lost 3 2 or 4 2. And they was not yeah, allowed we, any fans in the ground, I'm sure.
1: Well, we we played them, we played them at ours, and us, but I thought it was 2-0, so I've, i might have got that wrong. But we remember thinking no, they're, they're they're an outfit, definitely. And yeah. I remember going up there and it was tough up there. For some reason, I I don't maybe that was three one or something, but they they were they were super strong up. I think that, was it Bernabia? I think Bernabia got sent off as well. They had 10 men, but they were still... It was 3-0
0: at, at Main Road. Is It Main Road then, wasn't it? Yeah. It was what,
1: sorry? Main Road. Yeah, what was it called? I
0: think it was 3-0 at Main Road. I think it was oh, right, a, little yeah. that, a little bit of aggro. So when they come to our ground, they weren't allowed any fans. I remember Huckabee scored uh, and
1: he started making out they was up there. but. Right, got you. No, they, they were super strong. I mean, like I say, you look back at, at the time we're cracking on because we fancied ourselves as well, but... Looking back, they had the edge of experience as well as quality. I mean, super strong outfit. They they deserve to win it that year. That's for sure.
0: Mm. And then, obviously, say the playoffs, five games. Pretty, I with five games for the end of the
1: season. You get injured again. Yeah, I stopped one on the line against. I think, I think Stockport, someone like that. It was like a one-on-one on the line. I can't remember what had happened, but I ended up on the line and and I, I managed to I managed to block it basically. And as I did, I twisted my ribs and. Apparently it's a rugby injury, but a bit of cartilage popped out the bottom of my rib, and I tried to play on, but I thought I can't, I can't play on it. I can't really breathe. So unfortunately, <clears throat> it took about a month um, to heal. So I missed whatever that was, maybe maybe four or five games. Um, and the team did great, obviously, and Nevers was was outstanding, as I said. Wardy, I think Wardy had gone in and done great. Um, so it was a role reversal. I had to take it. it was simple as I mean, it was, I was screwing, obviously, because i had a strong season to that point um yeah. to make the playoffs, you know, you want you want to be part of it. But you know, unfortunately I ended up sub for I think the last maybe couple of games of the season and then and then for the playoffs as well. And then, you know, obviously unfortunately we got beat uh, over the games. But yeah, it was one of them. It was a real, real signal um of that season, or certainly for myself anyway. And
0: we'll see the playoffs is uh didn't didn't end well for us. I got big Deon Dublin didn't we at that point.
1: I remember he scored a white. Yeah. Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dion coming great pro great pro, great fellow. Still see him now and again and you know, some of his TV stuff and still still a great fellow, actually. You know, whenever you meet him, um, you know, another good character came and he loved it. He really enjoyed his time. They enjoyed the group yet again. Mm. You know, as an older pro, he was looking around at some of these really, you know, really talented uh, young players. And, and I, I know he enjoyed it. He, you know, he still speaks fondly of it now whenever I see him.
0: Who, who was you closest to within the squad? Was anyone in particular who was, you got better with than others or spent more time with than others?
1: Um, believe it or not, the one I got really really quite poly with because of my injury was uh, Brian Law. You know, we used to spend a lot of time, you know, just mooching about and you know having a coffee. And like, he was injured, obviously, with his knee. I mean, he never never got truly fit again, unfortunately. But you know, and I still keep in touch with him now. But then, over the years, Reed is a big friend. Chopper's a big friend. Uh, tone, tone more distantly, but through, you know, him still being in the game and stuff like that. And um, probably, probably, Reed really overall. i I managed to get a couple of days away with him um, and Robbie Ryan. And um, this when I come out of uh, out the job and you know, that sort of thing. And Chopper's another one, um, you know, I've kept in touch with quite regularly over the years. So, yeah, but I mean, all of them, you know, I mean, he's on the WhatsApp group, you're always saying hello to whoever it is. It's not just them yeah. guys. But, but probably Reed is the one I, I keep probably closest to and, and like I say, Chopper as well and, and Tone, uh, similar.
0: Before uh, we came on, you had a little problem connected and I said, don't worry, I said, Stephen Reed took about half an hour to get connected. And what did you say to me?
1: I said, he's a very intelligent I think, human being. <laughs>
0: That's what I said, I, I think I think he was, he's, he's as bright as midnight.
1: <laughs> well, he, I, I was throwing that around because he's he's not. actually he's, he's a bright No, night. no, he's, he's, he's not. A, he's a, a couple of the Irish boys may be different. But... <laughs> what was it like? There was
0: obviously, Casa del Sands is a, a massive part of this. You know, with everyone going around to Suddenly's house, I suppose.
1: Probably not so much well, for you. No, I'm, I'm pleased to say, although, don't get me wrong, they'd always like say you're popping over a drink and all that, but obviously I was a bit older and pretty settled had got married the year before. So I'd still go out with the lads and stuff, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be ending up back at SADS if I could help it. Trust no, me. I was Definitely like, not. nah, I'll leave that one, lads. Um, Definitely. Yeah, there's, uh, I think it's fair to say there's a few stories on that one.
0: God, is there? Who did you room with on away, on away trips? Did you
1: know? Well, um, the one, <laughs> the funniest one is Nevers, who, when you, when you room with Nevers, it's quite an experience because he, he doesn't like the curtains <laughs> being shut. So on my debut away at Luton, I was like, Nevis, you've got to be kidding me. And he was going, no, 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 Sean, 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 Sean. Can't close the curtains, mate. I went, you've got to be kidding me. And there was like a floodlight outside of the, you know, outside the hotel. You know what I mean? Um, Where they light up all the, you know, the Holiday Inn or whatever, but sign.
0: I was going, Nevis, I can't
1: sleep that, mate. So we had to do a deal. I sort of was allowed to pull the curtains to a certain kind of width. And then that was the deal. So there was a bit of light coming in, but kind of dark enough for me to go to sleep. I Was like, you can't be kidding me, Ness. So I remember that, and then he talks in his sleep, he shouts in his sleep. And goodness, not you know, it wasn't just me, a few of us had the experience of rooming with Nevers. So, uh, yeah, I remember that one. But as you to be honest, as you can imagine, when you get older, the the management sort of always sort of say, Look, do you want a room on your own type thing? You know what I mean? So I I think think you could think of anything worse. You could be like grown men and having to share rooms, like, yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, it is different. I mean, it is different. But obviously, if you you know, the, the lads are, well, the lads at that time, apart from me and Neves, there was a lot of younger groups. So, you know, you, you need to have something in common, not about just getting on with each other, just generally in common. But it was more of a thing then when, you know, when players did, did share rooms. I mean, nowadays, virtually all players have a room on their own um, and staff members. So it has changed, you know. But at that time, it was generally, you know, most of my career, you would have someone you roomed with. Um but a lot of a lot of that first season as well. You wouldn't be going on that many journeys when you when you were staying over all the time anyway. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah. Nevers and a few others down the down the time, but mainly, you know, after a while they just said, look, you know, you're older lads. You want a room on your own? So we we're like, yeah, sure. So you nice. know, that's the way it was. Yeah.
0: I See a thing about the England team the other day. Like, how far football's gone for the World Cup. They all had their own rooms, but they've been catered specifically, for, like decorated with all their family, whatever they are. So basically, you know, their family photos and
1: whatever mattress they want in, well, everything, beautiful. Well, everyone's trying to look for the, the 1%, you know, and, and, and if that makes a difference, that makes, that 1% of you yeah. feeling a bit more at home, a bit easier about things, because you are there. No, I mean, I'm not going to go into the big debate of footballers, get everything and all that, but whatever it is, you're, you're away for a long – well, as it happens, I was hoping we'd be away for longer, obviously, like everyone else, but, you know, you're away for a big stint, you know, and, and so, you know, teams trying to make it as comfortable as possible, um, you know we do it in a way dress rooms when I was manager we'd put you know signage up about Burnley and you know different things we did it at Watford as well just to try and make that domain feel like your own rather than feel like the the waysides. you know so things like that and if you are there for a number of weeks and stuff then you know I, I can see totally why they've tried to you know give them a chance to feel a bit more surrounded by whatever it is family or just ease of life you know when things are a bit more um to your liking but Mm. Like I say, everyone's trying to get the one sense. Everyone's trying to get the best out of players and give them everything they need. Mm. Getting
0: back to the middle stuff, obviously after that failed playoff attempt, you left the club, is that right? Was your contract up?
1: Yeah, if you remember, the ITV Digital um, situation occurred. Yeah. um, And club started getting hit with the the, the pull-out or the bailout of the ITV ITV Digital when it all went wrong. Um, And it started affecting all situations. And my contract was up. Um, Couldn't agree on anything that would work. Um, and, and then it was like, well, you know, you've got to wait and see because you've been injured and all that, you know, different times then. And and Theo was a really good operator, but he ran, he ran it hard. You know, he wanted it to make sense and financially make sense. And, you know, he's a really good guy as well. Actually, I liked him a lot. And, and you know, now and again, I, you know, I know Bobby Barnes is friends with him. So Bobby always says he was asking and stuff like that. Um but no, he was—he—he he played it hard, you know, and and that's fair enough, you know. That's the way it goes. That's what you have to do when you own a football club. And so, in the end, uh, Ray Lewin came in for me at Watford, and you know, offered me a, a decent deal that would that would take me there. So I did. I certainly didn't want to leave. There was none of that going on. I was I was more than happy with what was going on at Millwall. But you know, I was like 30, 31, or whatever it was at that time. Um, you know, you got to look after yourself, you know. And, and they offered me a decent deal, and I went around there. Did you ever, um at this point?
0: Had you already done you had one eye on management then or have you done your badges or
1: yeah i've done my i done my um my b license earlier i did my uh, sorry i did my b license in the at the end of the first year when i was getting fit again um i did my b license uh first year at mill sorry that is yeah and then completed that so by the time i went to watford um i'd had me <clears throat> i'd had my my lad max um so that kind of curtailed the the, the first chance for me to do my A license so i ended up doing my A license when i left watford I went to Northampton. I think I got my license done then. But it's it's fair to say when I was at Millwall, I was already certainly beginning to form strong opinions about what I thought was right about you know football tactics, players, teams, and all that sort of stuff. And I was often in the era of uh, uh, Ray and, and the Gaffer and Gritty at that time, just picking their brains about little things and you know little ideas they had and all that sort of stuff. So I definitely was having an eye on the oh, next nice. step of my career.
0: It wasn't really something you fell into management. It was definitely in your plans.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was I was forming an opinion around that time at Millwall um, through varying, you know, the goods, bads and the uglies of a career in football. I was, you know, I was pretty long in the tooth at that time. And then when I went to Watford as well, working with good people there and uh, Ray Lewington and Terry Burton and Nigel Gibbs and people like that. So, you know, and then, and then even at the end, I went to Northampton and had a couple of years in the Colin Coldwood and people like that, you know, people I respected. So I was, I was very fortunate, I think, not just because I had a thirst to get my badges done and you know, a, a thirst to get involved, but also because I think I worked with some very good people who, who all rubbed off in one way or the other.
0: Yeah, mate, usually at this point, I'll say what you're up to now, but again, no disrespect to your career, you had a good career, but you've done so well as a manage, manager. A couple of people said to me, I didn't realise you played for Millwall. Like, some of my mates who are not Millwall fans, like, because you've done brilliantly as a manager, mate.
1: Unbelievable. No, thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been good. You know, it was a good learning curve at Watford. I only had one season there, and then the change of business and what they've done there, obviously. And then went up to Burnley and kind of over time built something with, you know, really using all the things that I learned from a, you know, the good side of being a sort of having a journeyman career is you have many, many different influences. So, mm. you know, it's almost like, you know, they will say the best restaurateurs, you know, they've, they've, they've been through the whole system. They've cleaned the pots, they've put the plan together. They've worked in the kitchen, they've worked in the front of the house and that's how they know. Well, sort of in a weird way, you know, I've, I've worked up and down the divisions. I've been in different clubs, different scenarios, different people around you. Um, injuries, hero, zero, all of that stuff. And so when you become a manager, if you've got a taste for it and you sort of got a feel for it, all them experiences stand you in good stead. So I think, Mm. like I said, my journeyman career in a different way has probably helped me in my management career. Mm. I've I've ticked off many
0: grounds through doing obviously this and supporting me all this time. One ground I hadn't done up until this season was Turf Moor. Right, okay. Unbelievable. The the midweek, the noise that came from that place really surprised me. Brilliant! I love the ground as well. Lovely ground. Brilliant fans.
1: Yeah, I think I think um, I think the you know they they were probably when I went there it was a different feel up there. I mean, my first six months there, people don't know first probably eight months actually. You know, I was getting a lot of stick there. I was I probably getting booed off half the time I was there. Oh, really? But they care for the club and yeah. they're in a different way than Mill, but sort of similar because once they accept you, they really do accept you. Once they accepted me and what we tried to do there. I mean they were they were brilliant right away, even even at the end, you know, before I came out of there, before the decision was made, they weren't they weren't really giving me or the team, you know, really heavy stick. They they believed we were gonna get it over the line, which I believe we would have. Um, mm. so credit to them for that. It's not easy nowadays. You know, the the short term thinking in football is very, very difficult. Fans getting bombarded from media and media streams about the manager, you know, get rid of them and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I think I think you know there's nothing but respect for the, the Burnley fans. That's for sure, and they've got it going. You know they've got it going again this year. Fair play to them. Fair play to Vincent. You know mm. against probably against probably popular belief, I don't want anything but good from them. You know the, you know three three months out of nine and a half years is never gonna never gonna leave a bad taste in my mouth. Trust me. You know there's a mm. lot of good work and a lot of good people and and a lot of good times there. So you know the fact it goes wrong at the very end. That's just life in football sometimes. Of
0: yes, course it is, mate. To, to go, as far, go as long as you did. Jesus Christ, it just doesn't happen anymore, does it?
1: <laughs> rarely, I would say. It rarely happens, yeah. You um, you looking to get back in maybe at some point? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I you know, I took a bit of advice. I've said in a few interviews, I took a bit of advice from older, wiser managers than me who sort of said, look, you know, take your time. You know, get away from it. So in the summer, I didn't watch a lot of football. Beginning of the season, I've sort of casually watched. I watched a bit more of the World Cup and stuff, obviously. Um... sort of over i suppose the last sort of four or five well sorry the last three or four weeks before the world cup i was a bit more actively involved in watching but you know yeah again i've i've shared it in a few interviews that i've always been respectful of other managers so it's hard because a lot of the midlands managers where i live now they they were under a bit of pressure until recently you know they've pulled a few results out so you don't you know i want to go to the games but you don't want to be seen there and everyone's going around you want the job yeah and i'm like no i'm not here to get the job i'm just here you know, I'm basically not in them now. So if I go to Forest, I'm just there to watch the game. But of course, because they've had an up and down sign, they're sort of thinking, oh, look, he's here to get the job. You know, I'm not here to get the job. I'm just here to yeah. watch a game. So I've tried to be as respectful as I can and stay away from them grounds. Um, I mean, it's getting a bit easier now with, you know, like um, a few of the manager won a few games now, so there's less questions. But... I still don't like that feeling of hovering around football clubs, if I can help it, when there's when jobs. Are. But I watched my, Max, um, my lad Max play a couple of times, and he's been sort of on the edge of things at Northampton Town. Yeah, I was
0: going to just ask you about that, because you said earlier yeah. that um, he was born, obviously, when he was at Mere Wall, but now he's a, yeah. an aspiring centre-half himself, isn't
1: he? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So I managed to get um, to a few of his games, and unfortunately, he was due to play Saturday, but it was, it was frozen off. So, um, you know, I couldn't watch that one, but... Yeah, managed to get to a few of them. A couple of people I know in the game have invited me to just go and throw my eyes on on a couple of games and you know give an opinion. Um my daughter's doing great at school, so I see a bit of her when she when she can and stuff like that. So, you know, there's other things in life um, as well that are important and uh, and I've probably sacrificed a lot of things in, in my nine and a half years um for, for the, the time we had there. That's the way it goes.
0: Little meal fans, we'd love to have him down at Den.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, who knows, one day, but at the minute. I'm sitting tight at the minute. You know, I said I said recently, it's nothing to do with, with levels of football. I've I've worked at all of them. Um, as, well, as, as a player and manager between the two, I've, I've played or managed at all the levels of football. It's more about giving myself a window to see if something in the Premier comes up. You know, see if someone wants you in the Premier League because it's just quite simply, or certainly arguably, um, the top division in the world, let alone uh, in Europe. So... You know, I think it is, It is if you can if you can have another chance, to, I'd, I'd, I'd look at it uh, seriously, quite obviously. Um And I think I need to give myself a good window and a fair window to see if that happens. If it doesn't happen, then, you know, you've got to be a bit more open-minded and, and spread your thoughts. But at the minute, um I'm going to give it a good window and a good chance for if the Premier League changes. You know, you've got to... Listen,
0: you'll get back into the Prem. Some of our some of fans, I think a lot of them are younger. It, it won't happen, so they can all, if you're watching...
1: Well like like I say, it's nothing about me. Well I had a great time there. It's just that you know you want to work at the highest level you can and you've got to give yourself a window for that to happen. And when you think of the realities of it, you know, Manslaversov, it's uh, uh, improbable, not impossible, but it's improbable you're gonna get probably the top six clubs. So therefore you're immediately down to fourteen, and of them there's certain business models in place, whether it's foreign management or foreign sort of thought. So you know you 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 you're kind of narrowing down. Um, and, the, and then people people have got to want you to go you know the, the owners of these clubs have got to want you to go so therefore I'll give myself a decent window uh, to see if something in the prem comes up Just hope so man. I'm sure it definitely will so getting back to the uh, you know, we'll always finish with the same
0: questions I've got a couple but, of extra ones for you today based on you being a manager um, your favourite memory of your time at the club so
1: many but I mean I I think it's hard to go beyond the final day um, of winning the title because you know, the, the feeling of a whole season's worth. We'd, we'd, we'd got promoted the week four, which you'll know we, we would, you know, vying to win the title. And the way we did it, the way the players turned up on that day, the whole feeling was right. Travelling in, buzzing, you know, before you can get there. The feeling in the dressing room, the feeling on the pitch. um is goal, You know, there's a couple of great goals and it, You know, so I think it's hard to go beyond that. Um, But other than that, just the whole feel of it. You know, I, I really enjoyed the feel of the place, the people, the Obviously, it was a really good period as well for the club, for the fans, and a sort of regrowth of the club somewhat. So, uh, to have my little part of that was 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 very pleasing for me as an individual.
0: Nice. And if you could go out tomorrow and meet up with three of your old mill teammates, you know, to take three, game of golf, night out, whatever you want to do,
1: which three are you taking? Well, probably... Um... Well, probably, ne- ne- uh, sorry, Reedy, Reedy and Chop because, I, you know, it's home really because I, they're probably the three I'm going to keep the most in touch with. On the other hand, um, I haven't seen Joe in years. He was over recently. We tried to get him up into London, but he, he had a family commitment that he had to do. So, you know, in a different way, Joe and Matty and some of the people you don't see so often. But, no, if it was if it was lads that, that I knew and I spend a bit of time with it, would be uh, Reedy, really Chops and uh, Tom.
0: And a final question. So I've added this one in based on management. If you could manage... Go back, you know, pull one of their mill players, not yourself, from that era and manage them. Which player would, would it be?
1: It was always the one I've been very open with. Despite you know my connection with radio them, I thought Timmy Cahill was a top player, um, and he proved it through his career. But I even even when I was first there and he was really young, you know, super young, but I think I think he's a top player. So you know, the he had an edge to him. He was fit enough, he was quick enough without being lightning could arrive in the box in a sort of old-fashioned way when he did time his run. And he could play. He could play more than more than people thought. So, I think for that reason, I've always thought Timmy was arguably one of the top players I played with, and in particular at a very, very young age.
0: Yes, but might be a bit of a great side. And you was part of that. And I really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. A pleasure. Top man, actually Thank you, mate. Take care. Cheers, mate. Bye. Cheers, mate. Bye. 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 Bye.